Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, where you get to hear about the behind-the-scenes journey of my adventures as an indie author. I'm your host, Sagan Morrow, and I'm the author of seven rom-coms in the Polyamorous Passion series, plus several business books for solopreneurs. As I shared about in episode 145 of this Indie Author Weekly Podcast, I wanted to test out a book writing experiment. In that episode, I gave you the backstory about the specifics around why I want to do this particular book writing experiment and what it would look like. And I did the first part of the experiment. So in this episode, I wanted to give you an update of how it went. So again, I would recommend that you tune into episode 145 to get all the full details, but just a quick overview. The concept was to write 4,000 words a day of my next novel over the course of a single week. So basically setting aside a full week away from the rest of my business. In my other, in the, in the rest of my business, I am a life coach and a productivity strategist for solopreneurs. Um, so I was taking a full week off from doing that so I could focus solely on working on my next novel. So this is book eight in the Polyamorous Passion series. It is the sequel to Her Bad Idea which is book seven in the Polyamorous Passion series. It is the next installation of Scarlet's story in that series. So the concept was to write 4,000 words a day for one full week of book eight in the series. So let's go through how this experiment went for me over the course of the five days that I had mapped out to do this because it was you know a full week of it, but weekdays. I take weekends off of working. All right. So day one was a Monday and it ended up not going as planned right from the start. So my spouse, Mr. Science, unfortunately wasn't feeling well. Um, so he worked from home. He wasn't, he wasn't feeling terrible. He just didn't want to get everyone. He didn't want to spread his germs, right? So he didn't want to go into the office and um, potentially be contagious for other people. So he worked from home. And that really threw me off. So he has a lot of meetings with the type of work that he does. He's on the phone pretty much constantly. Um, and our offices, our desks are right next to one another. So as a result, you know, there's lots of noise. There's lots of, you know, him being on these calls and things like that. And I find it very difficult when he is working from home to really do a lot of creative type of work. Um, I tend to typically do more sort of administrative types of pieces or um, things that don't require as much sort of brain power. Those are the types of activities I typically do when he is working from home. So this kind of threw me off when he was working from home and I was supposed to do creative work. I will need to plan, I think, to work from a coffee shop in the future if this type of thing happens again where I am working from home and I'm working on a book and he also happens to be working from home, I think I'll need to plan to work from a coffee shop. For some reason, if I'm in a coffee shop, it has a very different feel to it where the noise doesn't distract me. But when he's at home working next to me, that is somehow, it's, it's more distracting for me. I don't know why, that's just the way it is. Um, so that is something that I'll probably end up exploring in the future. And now that I know that that will be the plan that might make things easier. Part of the reason why I did not 
do that in this particular scenario is because that first day, day one of this book writing experiment, I'd already planned to be going through various books in my series, the previous ones, books one to seven in the series, and kind of getting reacquainted with the characters and that kind of thing. And so if I'm doing that, then it feels like a lot of effort to cart my books with me to a coffee shop. I like being able to use my external monitors for, you know, jotting down notes and things like that. So it just wasn't really conducive for working in a coffee shop. So what I ended up doing for day one, I did not write any words for the book, for book eight, but I skimmed through the first three books in the series, got kind of a feel for it again, um, and otherwise did, you know, general administrative tasks in my business. So that was day one. Did not go as planned. Did not hit 4,000 words in the day. Did not even get to one word that day. Day two, I finished skimming through the rest of the books in the series, so books four to seven, and I decided, all right, time to dive right in. So I wrote 1,947 words. I finished chapter two of the book. I'd already previously written chapter one. So I was like, all right, this is not, again, it's not at the 4,000 word mark, but okay, I almost, I almost got halfway there. That's good, making progress, getting back on track, Day three, I really wanted to stretch myself and push myself and achieve that, you know, 4,000 words minimum. And I ended up actually writing 7,208 words. <laughs> However, half of this had actually already been written in my notes and scenes document, which I've shared about in a previous episode on the podcast. Um, I think that might've been one or, one or two or three episodes. It was one of the recent episodes I shared about um, how I, the, the kind of the logistics of how I write my books, how I go about planning them. So I would recommend that you tune into that. Let me actually check what that was. Oh, that was episode 144. Episode 144, all about how do you write your books. That is when I shared all about how the notes and scenes document works. So I had already written a good chunk of the chapters that I was working on for this particular day, day three, Wednesday. And therefore I could just kind of like copy and paste it into my core manuscript. So it ended up accounting for over 7,000 words in that day. I was very pleased with that. I was like, this is great. Then we got to day four, Thursday. And here is where I managed to write 220 words but it felt like pulling teeth. It was a slog. And what was kind of happening is, you know, I was going through it and I was looking at the type of thing that I want to be writing. And for some reason, the chapter outline that I had kind of like briefly mapped out for myself, it just wasn't vibing. It wasn't really resonating with me. And what ended up happening is I realized that I needed to completely overhaul some things. I need to really change some things. So there was three kind of reasons for why this was happening. Number one, I found that I was writing the same conversation multiple times. So I'm writing this book and I realized that the characters were having the same conversation in multiple areas and multiple ways, and it wasn't furthering the story. It was that just them having a conversation and then move on to the next scene. And then a couple scenes later, suddenly they were like back 
having that same sort of conversation again, and it was not moving the, the plot forward. And what it sort of, sort of happened here is that previously when I wrote up my notes and, and scenes document, as I've been sort of adding little bits and pieces over many months now, I, and I didn't even realize that I was writing very similar sorts of scenes in different ways. So it kept on cropping up again and again. And so I didn't want that to keep on happening. I want the book to be much tighter than that. So that was one of my problems. Problem number two that I realized on this particular day is that I wasn't in my main character's head enough. So Scarlet is the main character for book seven and eight of the Polyamorous Passion series. And there was something off. While I was writing this, this manuscript, this first draft of the manuscript over the course of this week, I was there was something off with it. And I wasn't really connecting with her, with Scarlet. I wasn't in her head enough. Her genuine personality wasn't coming through. I felt kind of like <laughs> I was making her up as I went along. <laughs> and I've talked about this type of thing in a previous episode of the podcast as well recently. But really, you know, when I am writing books, I feel like my characters are, are speaking to me. They are telling me the story. I can see them doing things in my head. I can see what they are doing. I don't always know why they are doing something versus another. Sometimes things seem out of character for them, but then it makes sense down the line. But in this particular case, I wasn't, I, I felt like I was just making up what Scarlett was doing or how she was thinking or feeling. I didn't feel like she was telling me or showing me how she was thinking or feeling. And that's a big problem. So I really wasn't in her head enough. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just wasn't in her head enough. So that was the second problem. The third problem that I realized on this particular day was that the story that I was writing did not have the right vibe or the tone that I wanted it to be. These are romantic comedy novels in my Polyamorous Passion series. And the humor has really developed as the books have continued. I really wanted it to have that humorous sort of angle. But what I was finding is that the book I was writing was much more angsty. And it was angsty in kind of like a whiny, overly neurotic sort of way, rather than in a comedic, witty way. I didn't like that. I kind of realized, you know, okay, I've written however many words it's now been for this novel, and the tone is not what I want from it. So this was a sticking point for me. When I realized I was having these three problems, it occurred to me that I, I could not just keep on trying to force myself to write this book. I needed to go back to the drawing board with it. Because if I continued on that path, then I would write a book that wasn't what I wanted and it wouldn't be sincere or genuine because I wasn't even in my character's head. So at that point, Again, we're still on day four here, right? There's, this, is, this was a Thursday. I started going back through the books in the series much more slowly. My first sort of issue that I wanted to address was reconnecting with Scarlet, with the main character. So I went back through the previous seven books in the Polyamorous Passion series, every single page. I went page by page is what I started going through. And I began writing out very detailed character notes. So these were things that were not already in my 
series character bible, right? So I've had a character bible right from the start of writing these novels, but I didn't include super detailed lists. It was more of a broad overview. And I think that that's because previously when I worked on this series, I wrote the books much faster. So everything was really fresh in my head. I think I wrote the, the first, the first four novels in the series were written over the course of a single year and published over the course of a single year. And it has now been three years since I last published a book in the series. So because of that, the characters aren't, aren't fresh in my head and I needed to go back and see these little minute details. Like in one of the books, um, one of the characters, one of the three main characters, it's, it's observed by someone else how she jokes about caffeine, but she actually can only handle one cup of coffee a day. It's a very small detail that is important because it tells us a lot about that character, right? We have a lot that we can get from very small details. And we also want to ensure that as the story progresses over the course of multiple books, there is a, a cohesion and a consistency between the characters. So this felt really important to go back through and actually write down very specific minute details. Um, in another example, one of my characters rides a bike at one point. Again, it seems like a small thing, but I wanted to keep that in mind because that tells us something about a character. After I did that, after I started going through the books, I also revisited the themes of the book that I was writing. So for book eight, I was, I kind of like took a step back and I was like, what is the, what are the underlying themes that I want to be really present in this novel? So I mapped those out. And then I mapped out the three parallel plot lines happening in the manuscript that incorporate the two major themes of the book. So there's three major plot lines that are happening in book eight, this book that I'm writing. And I wanted to ensure that the themes of the novel were um, underpinning each of those plot lines. And I will share more about this in a future episode, by the way, how those parallel plot lines look and what the themes look like in this book. So that was day four. It was really about taking this big step back, going back to the drawing board, figuring out big picture what I want for this book. And then day five, the Friday, that is when I took all of those broad concepts and ideas, and that's when I mapped out full chapter outlines. So really looking at absolutely everything that happens in each of the 12 chapters that make up the novel. I organized the parallel plot lines into specific scenes for how they would play out in each chapter. And then I also added additional subplot scenes for those 12 chapters. So I, ma I mapped out all of the different scenes there. As I was going through this, you know, this, this week uh, that did not turn out the way that I had planned or expected at all, this really important reminder came up, which is that we should never punish ourselves by not letting ourselves enjoy our passion projects and our creative outlets. If you are not <clears throat> if you are not allowing yourself to do that because you think that you need to focus on revenue generating tasks in your business, 
for example, if you're a solopreneur, then you're basically punishing yourself and you are treating your creativity very poorly. So in this instance, I took a full week off from business tasks in order to work on my novel. And what's interesting for me, what kind of came up for me is that there was some kind of, there was some mindset drama, right? And what I find very fascinating is that mindset drama will come up for me when I am taking time off from other facets of my business to do this type of creative work, to work on my novels. Whereas I do not have this same type of mindset drama if I am taking vacations with loved ones and that kind of thing. So I thought that that was really interesting that this kind of cropped up a little bit for me. It kind of became very apparent that this has been a, sort of an under, underlying piece that I've, that I've experienced. And this really connects back to a lot of energy management and our capacity for working. Because if we are taking time off from working to vacation with loved ones, right? Then that is, that is a decision that we are making and it is time away from work. But taking time away from work in order to prioritize our passion projects and our creative outlets, in that case, you are basically redirecting your brain power and your capacity and your bandwidth for doing work. You are redirecting it away from other aspects of your professional life so that you can focus on and prioritize those creative outlets. And that can feel challenging, right? That can really bring up a lot of stuff. So this was a really nice thing for me to kind of connect with over the course of the week and ground myself in and be okay with. This, this felt really good to be able to connect with my creative outlets and to not have, you know, a ton of stuff rising to the top and, and causing me to then just run back to the other aspects of my business. And, you know, I also want to note here that even though anti-hustle productivity and energy management and mindset coaching is what I literally do for a living, this stuff can still sneak in. This stuff can be really insidious. This stuff affects all of us. So it's good to have that reminder and connect back to, you know, the feelings and the concept that it is okay to prioritize the joy of creative outlets. It is safe to do so. It is safe to do so. And again, we all experience this type of mindset drama. It's what we do with it, how we handle it, that is what's really important because it will arise. It simply will. It will come up for you. So then it's a matter of how do we want to handle it? How are we going to navigate it? How are we going to preemptively plan for it? All of those types of pieces. And if you want to book a life coaching session with me, if you want help with that type of thing to work through that, you can absolutely do that. Um, book your spot at saganmorrow.com slash coaching. And I will share that link in the show notes. So there we have it. That was the first week of writing 4,000 words a day book experiment. <laughs> now, was that week a success? Was that book writing experiment a success? Well, 
I did not meet my word count goal. However, I am calling it a success and here's why. When I realized that my book was not going in the direction that I wanted it to, I could have forced myself to stick to the plan. I could have said to myself, you know what, Sagan, you committed to writing 4,000 words a day for a full week, so you're just going to do it. You're just going to plow through and do it. But if I had done that, I would have been doing that just for the sake of sticking to the plan. And it would have been a waste of my time because I was, I was writing a book I didn't want to be writing. The book that I was writing, the tone that I was writing, all of those types of pieces was not coming out the way that I wanted it to. So doing it for the sake of it was not a good enough reason to keep that commitment of writing 4,000 words a day. And I also didn't need to prove anything to myself because I have written books in the past very quickly. I have, you know, done um, National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. I've successfully completed it. Um, I wrote the first book in the Polyamorous Passion series. I wrote and published it within a time period of only six weeks. So I know that I'm fully capable of doing those types of things. I did not need to prove anything to myself. The entire purpose of this book writing experiment was to make a good progress on my novel and commit to making good progress with it. And that is what happened. So I learned so much about what I want from this book. And I am so much happier with what I have now, which is much more concrete, in-depth plans for the manuscript. So in that sense, this book writing experiment was a complete success. And it's always really good to take that sort of step back and really understand what is the purpose for doing this particular type of book writing experiment or any type of experiment in life or in business. If I had been doing it because I wanted to see if I could write 4,000 words in a day, that would be different. In that case, I might have pushed through. I might have pushed through, perhaps, but that wasn't the purpose of it. The purpose of this experiment was to make really good progress with my manuscript, and I did that. So I will be testing this out again <laughs> with doing another 4,000 words a day for a full week. As I mentioned in episode 145, when I first talked about this experiment, I really wanted to do two full weeks of it because then that would get me a complete first draft of the, of the manuscript. So I will be doing another experiment of this with writing another 4,000 words a day for a full week. And I am confident that it will look much different <laughs> as a result of having done this initial work and this type of preparation especially because I will be rewriting and probably even copying and pasting some sections of what I already wrote. So all of it is very fresh in my head and I've already written a good chunk of the first few chapters. So I will be, you know, updating the tone and that kind of thing, but I'll be able to just rewrite certain sections or, you know, some, some sections of it. I know that I'll be able to copy and paste because it is the right sort of tone and it does have what I want for the novel. 
So in that sense, doing 4,000 words a day should be significantly easier. So I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. And I will definitely keep you posted about the results in an upcoming episode. If you have additional questions about this topic or any other topic that you would like me to address here on Indie Author Weekly, I would love to hear about it. Please submit your topic ideas at saganmorrow.com question. That, my friend, is a wrap for today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. Access the show notes for this episode, including all links and additional resources at saganmorrow.com slash podcast, and share your thoughts about it on this episode on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is at saganlives. Please take two minutes to rate and review Indie Author Weekly on Apple Podcasts, or if you are watching this episode on YouTube, subscribe to my channel and give this video the thumbs up. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you next week for another episode of Indie Author Weekly.